I'm taking the guy that gets me 40 in an elimination game. Sorry. You know, you don't even get that shot, though. You don't even get to take that last shot if Giannis doesn't keep you in that game. So Middleton can take the shot at the end of the game, down 21, as they're getting eliminated. And that probably looks great for him. But it doesn't matter. I mean, why are we throwing out? We're going, hey, I love watching basketball. But you know what I really value all my players on? The last 30 seconds of a game. The 47 other minutes, throw them in the fucking garbage. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Pick and Play Show, where today we are going to break down uh, some unplayable defensive players. Uh, what happened with the Bucks and the Nets? What happened to the Philadelphia disappearing? No cheesesteaks for them. Atlanta running through, Utah falling short, and to break all this down, we've got Zell, we've got Leo. Let's fucking hit it. All right, Leo, talk your shit. That's it. Atlanta wins. Talk your shit. Man, I feel like I'm probably the, well, I won't say I'm the only one, but I'm in a very, very, very small minority of people who've been believing in Trey Young all season, even when they were trash. Uh, you know, I, I was I was in their corner. I, I, I think Atlanta's become my little Eastern Eastern squad. You know, we know where I'm, I'm a Laker fan, but... Uh, I live on the East Coast, so Atlanta's normally on at 7 p.m. I watched a lot of Atlanta this season, and it's, it's great to see where they're at now. And they, they took care of business in Game 7, and we're going to get to Ben Simmons and all that uh, you know, after this. But it's just great to see Trey Young really realize his true power. But we, we got another Trey Young fan on with us today. Zell, how you feeling? Hey, man, I told you after that Hawks-Knicks series that the Hawks were going to beat Philly. And... I mean, it came out of MB towards the Knicks, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely a wrap. I literally just seen what Trey Young did to my team, and he's about that life. So, we said, I said Hawks in seven, um, or we said, I said Hawks in six. They ended up winning in seven. I'm not surprised at the outcome. So, Trey's really about that life, man. He's really about that life. So, I'm glad to see them advance. I wouldn't have been happy to watch Ben Simmons trot out there and not take any damn shots in the fourth quarter but miss like 10 free throws so I'm, I'm happy with that outcome yeah uh here's a little known fact about that game ben simmons shot a hundred percent in the fourth quarter <laughs> well, on one throughout the whole series <laughs> did, did he take one two two makes two shots two makes 100 percent. the guy is invincible uh more importantly, Nate McMillan, uh, still interim head coach of the Hawks. They have not made that official. Uh, no idea what that's fucking about. I mean, I don't fucking know what else he's got to fucking do. Can you imagine I if mean, they don't extend him? Oh, my God. Bro, that, I mean, That would be so Atlanta if they didn't. That would be so Atlanta. Oh, it's, After bringing them out of the fucking gutter, crazy. bro. They literally, two months ago, they were like 11th or 10th or 11th in the East. And all the talk was about how... Trey Young and John Collins were beefing. And from what he did after they got Lloyd Pierce up out of there to bring them from where they're at, he needs an extension right now. He needed it yesterday. He needed it a month yep. ago. Yep. See, what that stuff with really? John Collins, is that that's what's really impressive to me. And when I, I know that people think I'm trolling when I say I like Trey better than Luca, but the relationship with John Collins is kind of like the prime example of why I like Trey more. 
I think that both Luca and Trey, they're both great at getting their buckets, and they're both great at creating buckets for other people. But I feel like I see Trey make more of a conscious effort to make sure John Collins gets his. I see Trey make a conscious effort to make sure Capella gets his. And I just, I think that's the difference. Like, you know, with, with Luca, I feel like he stuffs the stat sheet, of course, and it looks amazing, but he didn't, he doesn't do a good job getting, getting KP involved. And I know that's a whole different topic, but I'm just saying. The trade was great I for would both also, sides. It was great for both sides. That yeah. draft day trade. I, I also, just to, to defend Luca, I also wouldn't get KP involved. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I get it, like, but uh, you have to. Oh, you man. gotta force feed him, man. You gotta make sure he gets easy looks and feels good. You know. I know that you shouldn't Here, have to, but clearly yeah. you have to. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. Apparently, Trey Young, when Nate McMillan came in, Trey Young, uh, Nate sat him down and like kind of walked him through what it takes to be a real leader, and that you can't play the same way you play. Like the way you play basketball in the first quarter and the way you play basketball in the fourth quarter are different. And a lot of the beef and that was going on was some of these other players trying to explain that to Trey. And that he was like, no, I play basketball this way. And Nate somehow got him to meet everyone in the middle ground, saying, if you play this selfishly, you're never, this team is never going to go anywhere. But if you open your game up and see these things from a perspective of you get people involved early. And here's a great example. Last night, Trey Young could not make a bucket. Could not make a bucket. But he kept everyone else involved, and they kept them in the game until the point that Trey was able to string some shots together. And they basically won by the difference in points that Trey didn't have in the first and second halves. So you can really see the maturity with him and the team. And let's, let's do something real quick, man. Philadelphia, this is an all-time collapse. I mean, no, no Hunter. Bogdanovich was hurt. For most of the game, he only gave him 20 minutes. And Philly cannot even score. Tobias Harris shot the ball at like 22%. Shot, what was it, 22 shots he had? And he made six of them? This was a, I mean, this is an epic, epic, epic collapse on Philly's end. Joel Embiid goes for 31, 11, and 3 on 11 of 21 shots. Tobias Harris goes 8 of 24. Ben Simmons shoots the ball four fucking times. I, I I don't even know what you do. I mean, this team is going to look... Do, does anyone here think that Philadelphia will have both Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris next year? I think they're both gone. They need to blow that shit up. Like, this series was just even more proof for the people who were saying, like, oh, Ben and Joel shouldn't be playing together two, three years ago. This just validated that. And it makes it even look like they just wasted their time, like when they had Jimmy Butler um, and even before then. Like, Ben needs his own team. He needs a team where, ironically, that how the Hawks built around Trey. He needs to play the five or some type of off-ball type, you know, guy where he can get his shooters involved. And he needs to play like that, like point center role. Because Joel just being in the paint there, and even when you like spread him out to the three, that's not benefiting Simmons. Like y'all saw his reaction after he passed Ben Simmons passed up that dunk to give it to Thibault. Oh my god! On the, the sideline, like what are you doing? That's an easy. And Bede wanted to go home right then, bro. Right he, then. he he wanted to walk right out of the fucking arena. <laughs> like, how many times do you think he feels like that? Oh, I'm sure a ton. He's fed up. At, at least once again. He's fed up. 
Yeah. He's fed up. It's too much. And I, I, I really, the the thing is, a lot of people are calling the process dead. I think we, I think everyone, uh, the process is a process. Um, you got your one superstar in Embiid. You, you still, the problem is though, Ben Simmons is no longer a piece you can win with. And Doc won some reckless shit sitting there in front of everyone saying that Ben Simmons isn't a piece you can win a championship with. I mean, they either gave him his walking papers or that's crazy because if he's there next year, wouldn't you want to fucking trade him? Why would you put a, the fucking dynamite stick underneath? Everyone can see it, but you coming out and saying it? All right, I mean, hold you just on. blow up your own car. That's where I got to push back a little bit because I've seen, seen that take, at least on ESPN this morning. I was watching uh, SportsCenter and I, I heard the... I don't remember who I was listening to, but they said along the lines of the same thing. Like, if you're Doc Rivers, you can't say that because you're going to tank his value and this and that. And where I push back is like, bro, can, what we just saw on the court, like, I don't think his value could get lower. Like, Doc Rivers could have came out and said, Ben Simmons is ass cheeks and I never want to see him in Philly again. I think he's got the same value. Like, <laughs> His play dictated the value. I, I, see, I got I got my biggest problem with that is you are right. Right, but you could somehow behind closed doors be like, Look, we just he's not a good fit with Embiid. He doesn't have good usage rate on this team and he loses confidence. Right? Like you could you can sell that. And you could you could honestly get up in front of the podium and say that. But to turn around and go flat out, blanket statement, you can't win a championship with Ben Simmons is a completely different story. I mean, that you're like you're like, look, we wanna, you know, we wanna resell this. And you're like, nah, don't anybody out there, you're no need to buy it. Don't buy it. It's trash. <laughs> you're like, Doc, Doc, you motherfucker. Like you rotten motherfucker. We're trying to get rid of this guy. He's like, nah, don't buy it. I mean, don't you know, you're like, uh, come on, have someone else take the yeah, shitty car. He's got right? the he's used like, car and he's telling you the engine's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, he's like, the engine's fucked up, it's missing a tire. Dude, look at it. It doesn't even, you know, it can't even go in drive right. You got to fucking jiggle the steering wheel. And you're like, Doc, shut the fuck up. The guy's signing on the paper. Shut the fuck up. So, I, you know, I think they're going to blow up. This is part of the process. You, you, you know, here's the thing. Let's say someone like Dame Lillard becomes a free agent. No one can offer more than what the 76ers can. Like, if all it takes is one of these other stars to become disgruntled, and now the 76ers have more assets, because we can talk about draft picks, and we can talk about... No one can go, hey, look, if I give you Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, you're probably a playoff team. You're probably a playoff team. So you can turn me your star, who you're going to lose anyway, and I can at least get you to the playoffs. I, I, this 76ers team, though, is going to look completely different. Completely. It needs to. Team. Honestly, if, if your name's not Seth Curry, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, or uh, Matisse Thybul, you should not be on this team next season, in my Man, opinion. Shout out to my yep. dude, Seth Curry, real quick. The second best oh, player yeah. on the Sixers this series, Period. shooting the lights out. Can y'all imagine if they did not trade for him and they still had Josh oh, my God. on this team, what would happen? Yeah, shit, probably would have been over in five. Man, crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy. And uh, to touch on that point you brought up earlier, Matt, about Trey and uh, McMillan talking about how to get, like, you know, his teammates more involved and things like that. I mean, I I watch college basketball heavy. And, I mean, his game, he's kind of been this same type of player. He's just doing it on a bigger stage. Like, 
back when he was in high school and like him and Michael Porter were like the number one and number two prospects in the nation. And when he was at Oklahoma, I think he's the only college player to average a double double in points and assists. And he led the nation in both points and assists. And he's been being told his whole life what he can't do because he's some six foot, if that 170 pound dude. And I just respect the fact that he doesn't back down from nobody. Like if anything, like all the pushing, the shoving, the little hits like there and there, it fuels him more. That dude was what four of twenty two yesterday before he took that three that was from like thirty two feet and just cashed it. Yeah. So just and he came right back down and was just throwing lobs to Capella and Collins like right after Philly just made a big play and just keeping his team in the game. Like I'm gonna keep putting my foot on the pedal. And you would think yeah. that you know me being a Knicks fan, like I'm gonna hate him. He's this villain and stuff like that. Like no, why am I gonna hate on a dude who? When the game is on the line and when the pressure's at his highest, he steps up to the plate. So I respect that even more. Because if he was in a Knicks jersey, people would be loving that shit. Like, <laughs> oh, you yeah. know how crazy that would be? So for me, I gained his, like, he gained my respect even more just seeing what he's been doing these playoffs and how he's been able to get his teammates involved even when his shot ain't falling. Like, dude, he shot 5 of 23 yesterday. And the biggest time he <laughs> stepped up was late in the game when the lights were brighter. So, hey, man, Trey, Trey's that real deal. He really is. So, you know, shout out Kevin Herter. Trey reminds Herter. me a little bit of of uh, Reggie Miller a little bit, you know, and, and not in play style, but in that attitude. And, and that's really what drew me to Reggie Miller when I was a kid. You know, he he might not be the the biggest, strongest, most athletic person on the. He might not be the best player on the court but he's got that swagger and he's got that fuck you and I, I don't know I just love that trait and no matter what the sport is alright so let's do this prediction time Leo who you got in the next round I gotta go with the Bucks, man I mean you know I've been riding for Atlanta all season but at the same time I'm no dummy you know and I think that the the Bucks, the Giannis is gonna be too much to handle I'm sure we're gonna get into Giannis here in a second but I don't think the Bucks can do anything. Or I'm sorry. I don't think the Hawks can do anything with that. And on the other end, I do think that the Bucks can do something with what the Hawks throw out there, especially if Bogdanovich was hurt. Bogdanovich averaged 30 a game against the Bucks this season, and so I, I, he's big time. He's going to be a big factor. His health is it, it's going to determine a lot. I go with Bucks in Zell. five, though. Ooh. So? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Bucks and six, man. Like I really want to pick the Hawks, but the the main reason I'm not going to as of right now is because I just saw Bogdanovich play 20 minutes in a game seven, and he definitely wasn't himself. You could tell. Yeah, a rough 20 minutes. Rough. It was rough, and he was their second best player in the Knicks series. Like the clutch shots that he hit, the additional ball handling and playmaking that he brings, and I think just Milwaukee, you know, between having Drew. PJ and all those additions, Middleton, um, those dudes that could kind of rough, make it rough and stuff like that for them. Hunter being out for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, I would love for the Hawks to get past the Bucks because, like I said, we about to get to the Giannis talk. So I will dive more into that in a few. But I, I just think the Bucks will have too much. Like this should be an easier series for them than it was versus the Nets. So oh, yeah. it, it definitely should be. They they have the size to match up with them. I know Philly didn't all that, but they have a little bit more additional scoring. And Giannis is like an ultra uber, you know, center big man, which you want to call. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Bucks in six. I, I give the Hawks at least two games. Hey, I will say this: if I, they still had Hunter, uh, my pick would probably be different right now. 
Oh, but for sure. If they no if they hunter hurt, hurt Bogdanovich, I, yeah. I can't roll. I can't roll. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Those those are the big problems I have right now. I got Bucks in five. The the thing is with Trey Young is now he immediately has to line up with someone that's actually better at guarding small players, and that's Drew Holiday. So he goes immediately from getting banged on for a whole seven game series, and it wore on him. I mean, it wore on him. He didn't, you know, he didn't back down. There's a difference between the two, you know. But Drew is now going to hang all over him, and the Bucks coming out of that net series, it's a little different. I mean, the 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 mental midgets that Philadelphia are, that's not who you're going to get in the Bucks. The Bucks have actually vanquished pretty much two big demons for them. They get through Miami easily. Now they got some luck, but the Bucks worked out well. So I got Bucks in five, and with that, let's go ahead and transition. Um, Kyrie goes down. James Harden comes back on a peg leg. KD misses the winner by half. I mean, an inch, maybe. A toe. A, a toe. A toe. I mean, a big, you know, actually something funny, a fact. Kevin Durant wears shoes that are one size too big, so he has more movement. A lot of players <laughs> do that, though, because you notice, like, a lot of players, they double sock, and they have, like, specialized orthotics in their shoes. I know LeBron yeah. does and things like that. So they wear sizes up to give them more room for that comfort. So I'm not even surprised. I, I think I read that in the article about KD like a couple of years back. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. He said he likes it and he's they're like, what happens when your shoe falls off? He goes, it's, I just put it right back on because there's extra space, but he misses it by that shoe size. Incredible shit. They, you know, they get eliminated in seven. I mean, going to OT and seven, beautiful, beautiful shit. Leo, what are your takeaways? Hey, look, man, I, I've been riding with the Bucks. I, when did I do that solo pod? I, that, that must have been, we're June 21st. I had to be like April. And the, the Bucks were the team the whole time that I thought could beat uh, beat the Nets. And now I know no Kyrie, no Harden. My rebuttal to the whole injury thing is you're right. I mean, if, if Brooklyn spent all year at 100% and those guys were gelling and flowing and they had chemistry and, and all that, yeah, they'd probably beat the Bucks. But they didn't play together all year. And that's the reason why I picked the Bucks, regardless of health. Like, it, yep. I, I can't bank on their health when they didn't stay healthy, you know. And so Giannis ends up averaging 30, I believe the stat was 32 and 13 is what he averaged for the series. I thought he would get 33 and 14, and yeah, I was about a point off on each of those. But Giannis got it done, and Giannis doesn't get his credit, I don't think. We went too far in the other direction where now, you know, I understand people are mad about him getting two MVPs and getting bounced, but he's giving you everything he can give you right now minus a three-pointer. So, I mean, if a guy can average 33 and 14 and eliminate Kevin Durant, I think it's time to give him a little applause, don't you guys think? Oh, yeah. I'm all over it. It's not like the Bucks have a world-beating roster. Like now that they beat the Nets, now all of a sudden it's oh well they got Middleton and they got Drew and like yeah I mean I've been banging the table for those players all year, but they're not world beaters. You know if you take Giannis off that team, they're probably lottery. So I, I give him credit. I give him credit. He went toe to toe with KD. He didn't match KD. KD definitely had the better series. And after the series, you probably say KD is the best player in the NBA. But Giannis weathered the storm, and now he's in the conference finals. And now he's got the chance to go to the finals and get his first championship. I'm happy to see it. Now, my biggest thing with Giannis is I cannot have you. If you look at the box score at the end of all these games, especially this past series, 
you'd be like, damn, he's putting up damn near triple doubles and he's shooting 50%. I mean, he's shooting like 45% from the free throw line, but he's shooting 50% from the field and crazy. But I mean, I say this all the time. I cannot be a box score person and just look at box scores at the end of games and think, oh, this is, you know, decided it. When I'm watching, he's he's not a top 10 player to me. Like, Middleton's closing the end of those games. Giannis can't even guard the best player on their opposing team or not even attempt. Like, you're going to say it in the postgame conferences and things like that, but you're not even going to attempt to do it. And look, I know Giannis is a better off-ball defender. I know he protects the rim better. But, bro, you like you just said, you're a two-time MVP, and you're probably one of the most athletic freaks we've ever seen play the game. So I know you've attempted to try to guard KD in this series, and he kind of sauced you up and cooked you up. But when the game's on the line, and if you're this top player like you want to be, I want to see you take that challenge, especially when KD is putting in these Herculean efforts, coming off Achilles surgery and cooking your team. That's what upsets me about him. And the other thing is, too, there were times in this series where he was – trying to do something, like not play to his strengths. Like stop doing these pull-up jumpers off the dribble. Stop trying to do these post-move, you know, mid-range fadeaways. Like you're Kobe, you don't got footwork like that. Like play to your strengths. Dominate in the paint. Do those hook shots that you want to do. Crash the glass and do things like that. Like you cannot be a top 10 player, in my opinion, if you can't close games for your own team. You can't hit free throws, and you're not willing to step up and take that challenge to, you know, at least guard the opposing team's player. Yes, you know, you okay. got to give him your due. He advanced, barring all the injuries and things like that. But to me personally, I just – the those three main three things that I said, you can't be a top ten player in my opinion. Can't. Okay, so you th- you don't think Trey Young is top ten then? Not, could never be. No. Because he can't guard anybody. So you eliminate Trey Young now. That's what you do. No, I'm not eliminating Trey Young. Trey Young is six foot one seven. I mean, who? What can he do? Like that's his genetics. He going to attempt to exactly. guard, but there's a mismatch out there when somebody tries to put, you know, somebody in the post. Like there were times. No shit. Yeah, I mean, that's nothing he could do about so that. So your best player can it's, just get cooked. It's not that he can't you're, guard. You're gonna hurt Giannis. It's not that he can't. no one's guarding KD, it's not man. That he can't guard. You, but he's not even attempting. Anyone can that's get what cooked. I'm saying, though, that's here are his points in this game. Here are his points. Last five games against the Nets, 33-34-34-30-40. There, there is a very, very small amount of people that can do that. And I know what you're saying with the shot at the end, and that's why people like Trey Young. Trey Young, if, they, if, the, if the Philly does anything yesterday, the story is Trey Young shot them out of the fucking game. He went five for 23. He missed seven, 18 shots. And we're going to hold it against Giannis because Giannis is shooting 50%. Oh, he double-doubled every game also. 30 points, 17 rebounds, 3 assists. 40 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. I mean, I, I understand your thing because I, I had the same problem. Like, if you can't take that shot, if I can't trust you to make the shot with the game on the line, I, I, I want to pull back from that. I have the same reticence. That's a problem with Philly had. You don't have anyone to close the fucking game down. You know, you can see with Devin Booker, you can see with Trey Young, they come in, they flamethrower. But Giannis is such a fucking freak that he's going to fucking bang on you 40 points a game. 30 points, 34 points. I mean, he fucking did. I mean, 34, 18, 33, 34, 4, 34, 30, 40 on 40, 50% shooting. This is a top 10 guy. He's a two-time MVP. 
He's gonna win the. He's gonna be in the title game this year. I think the what fact that, that Giannis handles the ball a little bit it affects the perception around him because, like, when Shaq was giving you thirty some every single game and, and couldn't hit anything outside of the paint, we didn't look at Shaq and go, "Ah, Shaq." I mean, you're you're pretty fire, but that jumper, I, we can't really give you the ball with a, a minute left and tell you to go get us a three. You know, that's why they had Kobe. Like, I think that Giannis is in that same build. Like, it's just the fact that he handles the ball where people now expect him because you got the ball in your hands at the three-point line that you should be able to have this jumper. I, I, I push back on the box score stuff because, like, when I watch it, I see Giannis get to the bucket and get layup after layup after layup after layup after layup. And it's just like I, I'm watching this man get layups at will. Like, that you shooting 15 for 23 like yeah i don't give a fuck if you miss four four of your jumpers <laughs> you know like you just shot 15 for 23 and i watched you get every layup you wanted i think we got to we got to look at Giannis like he's a center not like he's a point forward you know that that's my opinion but he that's the yeah. thing like it that's what he tries to do like he tries to be in the half court he's trying to be that point forward he's trying to be that oh i am versatile with my handle I'm versatile with this and that, but we know that's not part of your bag. That's not part of your game. And in a series like this, where you were literally a KD toe inches away from this narrative being completely flipped with no Kyrie and one leg James Harden, because if that was a three, we spinning it the whole completely other way right now. And the last five years, we're seeing Giannis get knocked out with one conference finals appearance. So, that, I mean, that's just my thing. Yes, the numbers look great and all that, but if you want to be, you know, looked at as a center, and like you're saying with the whole ball handling thing, that's he's trying to do that when he shouldn't be trying to do that. <laughs> that's my biggest thing. I mean, but that's just how they that's But they how don't they have play. anyone else that can really do that. Like, that, that he fills a role he's not necessarily great at because they need him to. Holiday, Chris like, Middleton. Like, put Chris, them in the ball you, Chris, handling role and you Chris, roll off that Chris Middleton? Ball. You, I, I cannot believe you're going to want to put Chris Middleton in a in in more high pressure scenarios. In a pick and roll, he's the one that, who hit the game winning shot. <laughs> you, who gives a fuck that, about one basket you, I, in the whole series? I'd rather have Chris Middleton in a ball handling position to create off that. You know why? Because he's a threat in all three levels of that. He's a threat in mid range. He's a threat from three. Versus when you got Blake Griffin who's guarding Giannis at the free throw line when he's at the top of the key, you can't put no pick and roll in that situation or to free up more space. That's just, that's my thing with him. Yeah, because Giannis is going to take that ball and cram it down Blake Griffin's fucking throat. Or he's going to try to 30 just fucking points. take a Euro from freaking the three-point line and turn it over or get caught and then get sure. out of the free throw line and he's going to miss a shot. He's got, seen that. He's got, be- yeah, but he's got better shooting. That's like saying uh, every time Chris Middleton takes a shot and he misses it, that he fucked up. Yeah, Giannis does things that aren't great. Every fucking player does. So you rather have the ball in Giannis's hands at the top of the key Easily. at the end of a game versus Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday? No, but I think on, on a team, you need to have all those pieces, right? Like, the same thing, like, going back to Shaq. Like, at, at the end, you need the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands that could create a look. That's true. But that doesn't mean he's not the most dominant player on the court. That just means his skill set doesn't fit that scenario. I'm taking the guy that gets me 40 in an elimination game. Sorry. You you don't even get that shot, though. You don't even get to take that last shot if Giannis doesn't keep you in that game. So Middleton can take the shot at the end of the game, down 21, as they're getting eliminated. And that probably looks great for him. 
But it doesn't matter. I mean, why are we throwing out? We're going, hey, I love watching basketball. But you know what I really value all my players on? The last 30 seconds of a game. The 47 other minutes, throw them in the fucking garbage. I'm not saying that. I mean, if it wasn't for uh, Middleton, too, especially in game six, like they wouldn't even have freaking had a chance where he shot down. If it wasn't for Giannis, they're not in the playoffs. Okay. I mean, you could. You could say that too, but in my opinion, he that's can't a fact, be the though. Best player on a championship team, like he's not. All right, all right. Hold we're about on. to find that's out. That's fair. That's, uh, <laughs> that's fair. Right now, you can say that. But what will you say if he goes and wins the championship? I got to see how he played. <laughs> I got to see how he played. All right. I gotta, you know, just if back. He, get, if, you go, you're gonna leave if, out the back door when he shows up in the front. Y- that's if, what's if, fucking if happening the here. End up winning this championship, and Giannis for this Eastern finals and then in the finals he shows me like okay throughout the whole game down the stretch he's doing it he's taking assignments i will go ahead and admit okay Giannis, you show me you earn that you prove that i have no problem doing that i have literally no problem doing it but it's, it's it's just crazy to me how like literally it's a kd shot barely away from like flipping this narrative because it wouldn't even be the same thing because i know for sure we wouldn't be on here saying well oh my god Giannis averaged 30 13 eight assists or whatever it was on 50%, no, we'll be talking about how, okay, well, why didn't he get it done again? Kawhi Leonard was two basketball bounces away from getting eliminated by Philly. These small things happen. But the only reason why that the Milwaukee Bucks are even a relevant team has fucking nothing to do with Drew Holiday or fucking Middleton. They're not even in Milwaukee. If it ain't for Giannis, they are not in the same tier. Saying Giannis isn't top 10 is ludicrous shit. I, I understand that you can like a shooter, but I mean, Giannis not top 10. I, I just want to hear your 10. We'll do it a different time. I was pod. about, I was, we'll I was, do it a different I was about pod. to say, I can name 10 players we'll, right now. Well, if we talk about Yeah, healthy, six of them are going to be losers. I can name 10 players right now. Well, like you said, we're, let's say for another pod. All right. Let's transition. That's the end of the East here. Let's go real quick, though. We all think the Bucks are going to run through it. Let's flip over to the West real quick for some touch-up. Uh, we saw Ben Simmons completely disappear. Unplayable person. Crazy shit. I don't think we've ever watched someone go from uh, runner-up defensive player of the year, all-star multiple years in a row, de- getting all-pro votes and unplayable. And then you flip to the other side in the West, the actual defensive player of the year. Three, it, was it three-time defensive player of the year? I believe so. Rudy Gobert. Something like that. In a game, Kawhi Leonard down, ACL injury. No one really knows when he'll be back. He's down. He's out. Here you go. Utah, you got a chance. You're up 3-2. And Rudy Gobert isn't just unplayable for the fourth quarter. Rudy Gobert is unplayable. Offers you nothing on the offensive side. What's your takeaways from this LAC-Utah series? I want to give props to Ty Lue real quick because Big time. he tinkered with those lineups throughout that whole series. And when he finally found what clicked, going small, forcing Gobert to step out of the paint and have to guard a shooter. And that man, Terrence, man, I don't know, man. That was one of the – what did he, he dropped 40 or was it 39? It was 40 or 39. But the way he shot, and I think he only missed like five shots all game. At some point, Quinn Snyder's got to look at that and be like, bro, I know you're the three-time defensive player of the year, but the playoffs are about adjustments, especially in-game adjustments. Ty Lue made them. Quinn Snyder didn't. 
And you, the fact that they were up 2-0 in that series and Kawhi was out and they could not finish it, I, the, the, I don't even know what to say for Utah, man. Like, what do, well, so what do they do? What do you think they, what do you think they're supposed to do? They blow, blow it up. up. Blow, blow, blow it, it up. up. Like, I know D. Mitchell was hurt. He was putting on a great effort trying to do what he can, but it's like, do you just rock with him and say, oh, Conley was hurt too, so let's just bring him back and run it back? Or do you try to trade Gobert, who, as Matt just said, his value's probably as low as it probably is, just like Ben Simmons. Like, <laughs> what you supposed to do? Like, they, I feel they, the same thing I'd about take Ben Conley. Simmons over Gobert. If you could pick one, go real quick. Who could you get, Gobert or Simmons? Go. Who are you taking? I'm taking Ugh. Simmons. Uh, I'm taking Simmons just because, like, I would at least want to see him on a different team where he can, like I said, be that mismatch, you know, five and do, like, okay, I got some shooters around me. I could just handle the ball, facilitate. Because we've only seen him with Embiid. Gobert, like, you put him on a team by himself. What the hell? Like, he, <laughs> like what, <laughs> what's that going to do? No, I, I'm with you. I, I actually don't think Gobert offers you shit. Right. <laughs> See, at least on Ben Simmons, if he's on Ben Simmons, okay, let me, you get Ben Simmons, I'm getting this defensive package. I can at least, I mean, Ben Simmons made Trey Young's life hell for part of that game. He made a lot of people throughout this season Agreed. their life hell. Agreed, for sure. And perimeter right. players. Perimeter players. Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert is like a dog on a leash, and that thing's tied to the fucking bucket. And if he gets like six feet away from that bucket, that fucking thing shocks the shit out of him and yanks him back. You take Simmons because at least you get defense on the perimeter. Rudy Gobert, I mean, Reggie Jackson is standing at the three-point line staring at him, and Rudy Gobert is sticking a hand up eight feet away from him. And you're like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Oh, my God. I, I don't even know what you blow it up. Who wants fucking Rudy Gobert? I'm sure the Wizards are listening. I'm sure the Wizards will take Gobert and his $30 million a year for some pile of shit. But, I mean, holy fuck. Some team that's even... already ready to win would take Gobert. But I go back to when they give Gobert that massive extension. The, the max, is that how much you, was it the max extension? If yeah. it wasn't max, yeah. it was close to max. I remember right. when he got the contract, immediately I tweeted, what in the fuck are the Jazz yeah. doing? Like, what what yeah. is going on here? But some people replied to that tweet talking about, no, they have to pay him. They had to, you know, you got to lock him up. And to this day, I was looking at my phone like, huh? You have to give Rudy Gobert $180 million? You know. have to do that? I don't think you have to do that. <laughs> I don't know what you do because Donovan Mitchell went off in some of those games and he was a little banged up. And they, I mean, they got, they got smoked by the Clippers. And that was without Kawhi. As soon as they figured out that Rudy Gobert wasn't allowed to leave his house, they fucking just started throwing rocks through the window. I mean, it was a, quite a dramatic turn. Hey, the Donovan, thing with Gobert is that. Come back home to New York, Donovan. Come on. Just come on. <laughs> Put that trailer place shoot. in though. The, the thing with Gobert is just that he, you know, like we say with Giannis, he doesn't have a jumper. But Giannis is probably the best player in the NBA inside the restricted area or inside the paint. Like, Gobert is not even that elite there. So, like, what no. what, what are we doing with him there? What are, what are we doing? Yeah. I Honestly, there so there were some matchups that could have worked out for Utah, right? If they had gotten some of these big, someone like Jokic. That, you know, you have to play on the court. Rudy Gobert would have mattered a little more. Uh, uh, AD. 
you know, the, Drummond. These are players that Rudy Gobert could have done anything. The problem is as soon as you abandon that and you realize that Rudy Gobert has zero post moves and no touch on the ball and can't shoot at all. And really, if he can't stand underneath the rim like Boban and stand up and dunk it with his feet on the floor, he really doesn't offer you shit offensively. And I think that just all snowballed into t- – and look, this goes to Lou. How many series did we have to watch of Brett Brown making zero adjustments? Man, Mike Kuma, Budenholzer. Budenholzer in Milwaukee. I mean, that guy looks like so- – he looks like he's constantly finding out that a coworker ate his food. Out of <laughs> he is fucking losing it. At all, t- and he's like, "How the fuck does this keep happening?" And and he makes zero adjustments at any point in time. And and, and Tyron Lue's like, "Nah, if I'm going down, I'm fucking throwing the kitchen sink at you. You've lost your mind." Yeah, if Lou was the coach of the Bucks, I would already have a good amount of money on the Bucks to win the championship. That that's how I feel yep. about the difference in coaching. Yep. All right, what's our prediction for this series? I'm going. I I got Phoenix in five. Suns and six. I feel like T. Lou he'll figure enough out. But actually, let me say this: if Kawhi somehow comes back, then the Clippers are going to win this series. Kawhi hasn't been ruled out yet, so until he's ruled out, I maintain that he could come back. So if he comes back, I got the Clippers. Uh, if not, a uh, Suns and six. Yeah, I'm a I'm a rock with the Suns, but I mean it's so crazy that. They haven't ruled Kawhi out. First, we heard it was an ACL, and now we're hearing it might just be like a meniscus or knee sprain or something like that. So it's like the Clippers. Hyperextended is what I heard this morning. Hyper, right. Too quiet. Right. Too quiet. Exactly, Matt. So it's kind of like they know he's coming back or holding out hope. So if he comes back and he's right, then I, I think the Clippers will win it. But I'm going to go with the Suns because I expect CP3 to come back before Kawhi does. So I'm going to go with the Suns in this one. I got Suns in six. I'll take it a step further. If they win, I'm sorry, if Kawhi comes back and he's maybe not healthy, but he's Kawhi, the Kawhi we know, the Clippers are winning the championship. Sheesh. I I don't think, for me, I don't think, I I don't fucking care if Kawhi comes back. I don't give a fuck. No one's beating this fucking Phoenix team. CP3 is going to have something he's never had. Nobody is beating this Clippers. So you got the Suns winning the championship right now. There ain't anyone uh, out of every player that's currently healthy on the court. I want Devin Booker 100% on my side. If I had to round robin every player in the playoffs that's left, I want Devin Booker as my number one. Booker is your best player still alive right now. Healthy, yeah. If you give me a fully healthy Kawhi, I can see that. Whatever shape we're going to get Kawhi, we know it's not going to be fully healthy. But, man, Devin Booker is that fucking guy. I mean, that is a bad fucking man. You're talking about who you want with the ball at the last shot? Oh, yeah, I love That's Book. a bad fucking dude. Zell, I'm curious. Yeah, he's really coming to his own. Who's your Who's your number one guy left, Zell? Are we talking with everybody healthy? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Let's say of the teams that are left, let's say they're all healthy, even though they're not. Who would be your number one player? Kawhi. Yeah, I go Kawhi and CP3. Perfectly healthy. Ooh, ooh. Kawhi and CP3. Everybody healthy. I'm not mad at it. Uh, again, I, I'm in the minority, but I think that Giannis is the best player that's still playing. That's okay. That's okay. A, I'm, I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. You, you got some valid points and stuff like that. I, I will say this, though. If Book is going to play two-way like he played yesterday, because Book played some good-ass defense yesterday. Sure did. If Book is going to play two-way like that, 
then maybe my answer needs to change. I'll take Book over Giannis right now. I told y'all that. His. I'd be close on that. I, I'm very high on Devin Booker. Um, I've liked him for a while. I mean, in these playoffs alone, he's had 47 points, 40 points, 34 points. That guy just – I mean, honest to God, when he shows up, he started asking for people's birthdays. And he's like, that's what I'm going to give you. That's what I'm going to give you. Like, I'm born on the 12th. He's like, you're getting 12. I'm born on the 20th. You're getting fucking 20. And he's just walking around the locker room pointing people out, getting birthdays from people. I'm giving you this. I'm giving you that. You're going to get that number. You're going to get that number. I mean, when he fucking walks in that court, and this is without, I mean, look, yesterday, that was without CP3. And he went out there and he shot the ball at 50%. That was some cold, light skin. 40 points. Shit, man. That was that 100% from three. He is going to, look, he hey, is going to be a. Booker is 2021 Kobe, I'm telling you. You don't have the same look, explosiveness, but he's 2021 Kobe. That game against the Lakers, he shot 68% and scored 47. I mean, he can just go subconscious. And blow you away. And that's the scariest thing is DeAndre Ayton right now, out of every big man that's left, that man will do whatever it takes to win. I I, I, I got him so wrong. I got him so fucking wrong. He will fucking do whatever it takes. It's nuts. It's it's so great to see a player be like, what do we got to do to win? What do I got to do? Take four shots, stay defensively, you know, cognizant the whole game and get after it? They go, yeah. And he goes, done. I think none of this bad shots from him. You're right. I, just to add on that, if I remember correctly, like the pod we did before the playoffs started, we all kind of not shit on, but was kind of like, oh, AD versus DeAndre. We 80. laughed. Oh, yeah, he finna get cooked. And yeah. he shot Oh, no, I shit on him. I, yeah. I got to give him. Yeah. <laughs> I get props with this dude because even when AD was healthy before he got hurt, Aiden was holding his own. So, yeah, he, he showed out. And he still is, too. So. At- yeah, he is now he is now matched up and played well against. I mean Drummond. I mean AD was cooking when he was healthy, but he Drummond. He, it's a vet beat up on Drummond, and you know what? He did really well against Jokic. That's, that was the eye opener for me. I was like, ooh, you, you know. And Jokic could have gotten tired from playing every game in the year, yada yada. But Aiton wore him down, and and I mean, we ain't even talking about Chris Paul yet. Like that's the whole side of this. If Kawhi comes back and Chris Paul comes back, I go, okay. It, it, Don't say that they're even. Stop. Me, Stop before you say it. Who? 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 Even players? Yes. No. 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 God. No. But but Phoenix is a better team right now by I think a good bit. Oh yeah, I think and, Phoenix and, healthy has the most complete team left in the playoffs. They're the only ones healthy. CP3 is vaccinated. They said they'll come back with two negatives. Probably be back by the game Wednesday. It's it's just a it's a. a it's going to be interesting. Phoenix is actually the only team that's like perfectly healthy. So we, <laughs> the only team we all have Bucks Suns. That's what it sounds like. We have Bucks Suns in the finals. So we might as well go through some predictions right now. Matt, uh, you got I some got for us? Suns and seven. Suns and seven. Zell, what you got here? Yeah, if if CP3 come back and he's healthy, I'm not picking against him. That man deserves a title. He's going to get it. So he's you got the Suns and how many? Yeah, I go Suns and six. Ooh, I got Bucks and seven. Giannis <laughs> was, holds up his first Finals MVP trophy. Drew finally gets the love he deserves. Middleton, I don't know. Middleton, maybe he got a pretty ass wife or something. He goes home a champion. I don't know. 
That's funny. I want CP3 to get his first. I'm like howling for this. So, um, you know, that's the ultimate injustice that can be righted this year. And sometimes sports do that. This is like that Dirk championship. He just held out forever. Finally got it at the end when you least expected it. But all right. Any parting thoughts before we get out of here? I would love to see Atlanta beat Giannis uh, and the Bucks. I would love it. I might throw a party if it happens. I just don't see it happening. I hope, though. Hey, real, real quick, man. I ain't been on since, you know, my Knicks got knocked out. I just want to <laughs> oh, yeah. I just want to show them some love real quick, you know. Uh, underestimated Atlanta a little bit, but, you know, they had a hell of a season. And I do Randall still deserve second team, All-NBA, even though he was uh, a little rough in that first playoff. But it's all right. We're going to get the pieces around. We're going to get it right, man. So shout out to my squad, man. Shout out to the Knicks, you know. Hey, the NBA offseason is going to be hot as fuck. I know we're doing basketball. I know we are. But since we have Zell on, and I don't know if we'll have him for the next NFL pod, give me 30 seconds on Zach Wilson and, and, and how, you're feeling about, how, how you're feeling about the Jets' future. Ooh, we okay, okay. So, honestly, man, I mean, I said this the other day, like, anything's better than fucking Adam Gase, bro. So, the fact that we got, you want to say, one or two, one A, one B, the best head coaching uh, free agent on the market, arguably the best pass rusher on the market, arguably, you want to say, first or second best wide receiver and Corey Davis on the market, and I think this year we'll at least get six wins, minimum, at least. If everybody stays healthy. And Zach Wilson, I mean, he's a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks are always going to have some ups and downs and things like that. But he's he's legit. And I think this style of offense that we're going to bring to run, this Shanahan scheme, um, if you look at our wide receiver core from what we had last year, even what we've had throughout when Darnold was there to now, between Crowder, Elijah Moore, Keelan Cole, Corey Davis, and Denzel Mims, they're healthy. We five deep. And even that running back, Coleman, Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, and the O-line's beefed up. And our defense, that front seven is going to cause havoc like hell. Secondary, eh, worried about it, but I think at least six wins. So my dog, Zach Wilson, he's he going to show. He's going to see. He's going to have his little ups and downs, but he's the truth. He's going to make some highlight plays. Everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, my homes and all that. Hey, chill with all that. But he's, he's legit. So y'all make out some believers. Any rebuttal, Matt, before we get out of here? I know you're itching to say something. I swear to God, if you say Kyle fucking Bowman, bro. I got, I got four letters. J-E-T-S. Y'all going to take care of it yourself. Jets, 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 man. Shout out to my dude. You get it. You get it. I don't, have to, I don't have to talk shit on the Jets. You know, they got to play the games. It's, it's a new regime. <laughs> they can baby. do it themselves. It's a new, um, it's a new start to it. Fresh. Yeah, yeah, you know, another one, another decade, another, another start, one. another decade, another start, another decade, another one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, I hope y'all get it because I'm I'm an NFL fan. Yeah, I watch almost every single game every single year. Um, I rewatch the game, so the, the Jets being good is good for the NFL. It's uh, I would love for someone to fucking stand up and really push the New England Patriots down. Um, you know what? At this point, I need help with someone taking Josh Allen down a peg or two because that motherfucker Man, fucked me yeah. over bad last year. But, you know, uh, uh, good luck to you. We'll see it. Hey, you know, the last like you got Gase the out last of there. like four seasons, the Jets have had a better record than the Giants. But I don't want ain't no nobody really be saying that. I just want to throw that out there real quick. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, the Giants suck. So, you know, 
They do have two rings in the last 15 years, so there's that. Um, all right. We're getting out of here. Uh, as always, rate, subscribe, review. Um, Zell, where can people find you? I'm going to look up your Twitter. Yeah, Twitter account is Zell underscore five. Give a follow. Good boy. I usually have some hot takes, you know what I'm saying? But I always like to play devil's advocate like it. Hey, Matt, you're going to remember one of these handles one day. Dude, I fuck up every handle. I fuck up my handle. <laughs> I fuck, it's fucking crazy. Uh, you can find Leo, pick and scroll. Got it. Nailed it. Yeah, Walk finally. away. Handled it. Fucking handled it. Oh, Christ. Uh, all right, you can find me at pick and play 37. There's underscores in there. I got to fix it. It's all fucking mess. Uh, remember, rate, subscribe, review, tune in. We're going to hit you with an NBA pie later in the week. We're going to pick up NFL soon. We're going to be running through this motherfucker. Peace.